Amen. Well, I'm so excited about what God is uh, doing here and saying to us. And we don't want to be hearers of the word only. We got to be doers. Come on, put your shoes on. We got to be doers. Roll up your sleeve. Last week, he was giving us a word on prophetic alignment and the importance of prophetic alignment. And when the prophetic is over our house, uh, every need's going to be met. The miracles are going to be manifest. And uh, you're going to see the promotion of God. Even the dead things are going to be brought back to life. Amen? Amen. So we want to come under the Word of God. Um, I, I don't know. I, I can't get away from it. The Word of God is the plumb line. The Word of God is that rock. The Word of God is our guide. It's the lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I can't live without the Word. Don't want to live without the Word. And I want to take the Word as, as the Word is declared. And then I want to proclaim it everywhere I go because the Word is powerful. Hallelujah. So as we're looking at uh, this prophetic worship and prophetic uh, praise, prophetic word, uh, as we've been looking in this theme of July on Wednesday nights, we want tonight to continue in that same uh, understanding and look at, through the prophetic word of God, how that brings us into territorial breakthrough. Territorial breakthrough. And I actually put Hampton Roads up here because this is our assignment here, but there are those tuned in now. You have an assignment that God has you in. I don't know exactly what region it is. I know uh, you're there in Kenya. I know you're there in uh, many, what, 15 different regions there in uh, South Africa and nations around the world. We've uh, reaching out to all of you, and we're just saying, you've got to take authority over the territory that God has given you. Where the soles of your feet shall tread upon this earth, there is dominion that is to be exercised. And not only over your region, but we are to make sure it starts with our life and in our homes. Amen? It's got to begin with us and with our homes. So we're talking about territorial breakthrough. Let it begin with you. Let it begin in your home and let it spread into your community and into the region that God has planted you this, this part of your life. He may move you sometime, or he may have moved you here, but he has an assignment on you in that. So we're going to be looking at how to break through with the prophetic word of God, break through in the power of God in the territories that God has given to us. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to study your word. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, to receive life and instructions from your word today, God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. Fill us anew. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your wisdom. Fill us with anointing, Lord God. Fill us, Lord God, with your very presence in our lives here today, God. Holy Spirit, move among us. Lord, I pray miracles would be manifest under the declaration of your word, Lord God. And as we proclaim your word in this house and going out around the world in and through this technology, Lord, let your word go and bring forth through the power of the Holy Spirit supernatural manifest of your wisdom and of your glory in miraculous ways, we pray. To you be the glory and the honor, for it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Are y'all with me tonight? Y'all with me? Man, it's cool off outside. We can really enjoy 
the rest of this week, and uh, it, it was a hot one last week. And but I tell you what, so you, so let your temperatures, you know, uh, your internal temperature drop, but let our spiritual tr- temperature rise up. I pray tonight before we leave here, we'll be fired up in the name of Jesus. We're going to be looking at Acts chapter eight, Acts chapter eight, beginning at verse five, and we're going to be looking here at a situation uh, of where God brings uh, territorial breakthrough and gives us some examples of that. So here's Philip. He went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ to them. If you ever want to know what to preach, preach Christ. Preach the anointing. Amen. Jesus, the anointed one who brings the anointing to break every yoke and lift every burden. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came up out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. Wherever the prophetic word of God comes and is received, the demonic strongholds are loosed, and folks go from being under burdens of sadness and sorrow into that of joy. There was great joy in the city. Hampton Roads awaits a revival, a revival that will usher in joy like they've never known before. There are people over-medicated today. There are people that are addicted to their jobs and addicted to relationships that are outside the will of God, all trying to, in somehow or another, anesthetize the, the feelings of negative in their lives because they have not yet been filled with the strength of God, which comes from the joy of the Lord. And the reason they have not is because the prophetic word has not yet come and been heard and received in such a way that the strongholds of the demonic realm are burst off and people are raised up, people are healed, people are delivered and filled with the great joy of the Lord. We are not going to back down here at Christian Embassy. We know part of our assignment. We know part of the reason God has us here at such a time as this is because we We will declare the word of God. We will usher in the spirit of God. We will preach Christ. We will preach the anointing here through this house and this region that God has us in. Though there are those that are lame today, though there are those that are bound by demonic spirits today, though there are those that are even dead, living dead men's lives today, that the power of God's word is going to bring a revival, is going to bring a breakthrough, is going to bring... an ushering in of the Spirit of God in people's lives that we're going to see great joy in these seven cities that we live in. Somebody say amen. Amen. And then Acts 8 and 14, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the Word of God, oh, the world is going to hear that Hampton Roads has received the Word of God. The world is going to hear that Chesapeake and Virginia Beach is going to hear that Portsmouth is going to hear that Suffolk is going to hear that Newport News is going to hear that Hampton is going to hear that they have received the word of God all the way up to Williamsburg, even reach on up to Toana if you want to, and all the way down to Moyoc and Elizabeth City. When they hear the word of God and receive the word of God, the news is going to get out because it's going to transform our region. I'm here to tell you 
what I'm preaching to you is not just a historical story or fact. It is something to encourage us and challenge us for the duty and the purpose that God has for us now to be encouraged by what God's Word can do. When they received the Word of God, now they sent Peter and John to them who had, when they had come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Man, all these miracles are taking place and all these dead are being raised to life and all of this is happening and they've not even yet been filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on now. That's the power of the Word. That's the power of preaching Jesus. That's the power of hearing the Word of God. How much more that we already who have the Spirit of the living God living in us and flowing through us. Oh, we should have a shout on our lips tonight. We should have a praise on our lips tonight. We should be walking and talking and living in the joy of the Lord. We don't let the devil dictate to us what our spiritual weather is. We dictate to the enemy. you got to get out. you got to go. Go because we have what God has given us. Hallelujah. Now bring you this, this particular historical event to make this point that having a move of God is not an accident. I, some people say, well, you know, Todd White's coming in September and we're going to have a move of God. You know, thank God we, we're partnering with them in this and uh, uh, this, this power, powerful coming together of the churches in Hampton Roads. But let me tell you what, we don't wait for a man to come here in September for us to have a move of God. Okay, we've got to understand this. Now, there will be because... Some people don't understand what I'm saying, uh, teaching tonight. They don't have this understanding. And they're waiting on that, thinking that through the sovereign act of God, because so many people have pulled together, then, then they'll expect something. But I want to show you something tonight. Having a move of God is not an accident. Having a move of God is not something that we are supposed to wait on God to initiate. Please, before you close the door, listen to me here. We can have a move of God if we decide and determine to have a move of God. And I'm going to back that up. I'm going to give you scripture to back that up. Because it's so important that we understand these principles. For too long, the majority of Christianity has had this mindset that the move of God, a move of God in a region, a move of God in a church, a move of God in the world is a mystery. It's a sovereign act of God. We cannot relegate the moves of God and His sovereign acts, so, so we just sit back and we wait on God. Let me tell you what, that is a false understanding of the nature and the character of God. And the reason being, because God created us, this is His sovereign plan, is that we participate in what He has established. So much so that when he created us and breathed the breath of life into us, he said that we were to take dominion. We were to be blessed, take dominion, be fruitful, and multiply. And taking dominion over this earth is ushering in his authority and his plan on this earth. So we can't just sit back and wait on the sovereign move of God because, let me tell you what, you're going to find that years will pass you by and things will never happen because God is a responder to His people. You've got to understand the character of God. You've got to understand how God works. This means that uh, we have been given by Him the power of initiation. Jesus said, whatsoever you bind on earth... 
will be bound in heaven. Isn't that what he said? He's given us the power of initiation. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, now that sounds like whatever we do here is going to have a, a, an effect in, in, in the, in whether it's God's heaven or the heavenly realm where the, the, the strongholds of the demonic powers are trying to rule and relegate from so, or, and delegate from. So we have to be the initiators. Throughout the Bible, we see that God has given us the responsibility and the power to initiate. If my people will do this, he says, then I will do that. He didn't say, I will do this, and then you guys respond to that. No, he said, if my people will do this, then I will move and do that. God clearly uh, responds to certain things. In understanding this principle, it really excites you in life because you're not just sitting back letting a decade pass with nothing supernatural happening in your life, just saying, I don't know, is, is another big evangelist going to come through? Is another healer going to come through? Is another you know, powerful man or woman of God going to come through and shake things up? And if they don't, well, then what are we going to do? Let me tell you what. You don't have to wait for some celebrity to drive into town. You can rise up in the power of God-given authority that He has destined you with and you can begin to use the authority that you have today, and you can see that the powers of darkness will respond to the authority that you have when exercised properly, and the the forces of darkness that have been holding back your area of breakthrough and been holding back your family or been holding back this region, they will release themselves. Uh, Those that were filled with demons didn't even know they were filled with demons. The demons began to manifest and come out of them when here Philip is ministering, preaching Christ to them and ushering in the anointing. God responds to certain things. So when we learn the character of God and the nature of God and the plan of God and the will of God, then we can, we can participate in a very positive way and we can see the results immediately in our lives. When we study the character of God, we find that God responds to an atmosphere of faith. It's just it's how he set it up. He loves faith. He says, without faith, it's impossible for you to please me. And that may not necessarily be translated to to make him happy as it may be translated as well that we usher in and walk in the pleasure of God. We we live our lives in, in, in living it out in the pleasure of God, what he has so destined for us. And we live in that that kingdom established in a kingdom domain that he has given to us when we live by faith. He tells us so important that we walk not by sight, but by faith. God responds to an atmosphere or an environment of faith. He does not respond to an atmosphere of need. If he did respond to need, then folks who had the greatest need would be experiencing the most miracles. And that's not the way it works. So you can be fulfilled with need and say, well, God sees my need. And if God wants something to happen, he will make it happen. You're going to miss out. You're going to miss out. God has initiated us to rise up and be initiators so that we, he can respond to our faith. 
See, the problem is God does not respond to need. He responds to an environment of faith. We have to, we have to build our faith. We have, to, we have to manage our faith. We have to feed our faith. We have to grow our faith. We know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hear what you're doing here on this Wednesday night. Or is, is evident that you care about your faith, that you want your faith to go to the next level. So a person must need, uh, if you have a need in your life, what you have to do is usher into that need the commodity of faith. If, if there's, there's uh, needs in your life, and we all have needs, yes we do, but we must see that the need and a pity party uh, or a, a sad story is not what's going to usher in the miraculous realm of God in our lives. It's going to be faith. It's faith. God responds to faith and that meets our needs. Now, the, didn't the Bible say uh, that Jesus did not do mighty works in his hometown because they did not believe? Here he is in his hometown, and they see him as nothing more than Joseph's son, and uh, they did not bring the commodity of faith, and their needs could not be met. Here's Jesus doing miracles everywhere he goes, but he did not do uh, many mighty miracles in his hometown because of their unbelief. We have to understand the character and the nature of God, and God responds to an atmosphere of faith. So no matter what need you're meeting, met with today, no matter what need you're dealing with today, you must not get your focus on the need as much as you get your focus on faith and building your faith, exercising your faith, and coming at that need with the faith of God that ushers in the power of of God that can bring the breakthrough of God in that area of your life. Jesus walked on the earth 33 and a half years and the Bible record, its biblical account surely shows us that while there was need all around him, so many needs all around him, the Bible highlights Jesus responding to faith and he healed all who came to him. You know what it says, he healed all who came to him. Where he recognized in an environment of faith, God responded with the supernatural manifest of heaven on earth. Now, another thing God responds to, and that is an atmosphere of praise and worship. Now, that is why uh, what we do when we come together is so very important, but let it not be limited to the 30 minutes or 45 minutes that you gather together in community. We need to learn. We need, we've got devices today where it makes it easier than ever before. We have access to, and you don't even have to have a device to lift up a voice before the Lord, to praise the Lord, to have an attitude of praise and an attitude of worship. You may can't sing a lick, sing a note or anything of the such, but you can have an attitude of praise. You can have an attitude of worship. Your words can praise God. You can praise God. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for my spouse. I thank you you for my children. I thank you for my job. Some of you got to maybe curse your job today. You got to use your tongue to bring forth praise and worship. Life and death is in the power of your tongue and you're going to eat the fruit thereof. So you've got to understand that there is life that you can release. There's blessings you can release with your tongue and, and set an atmosphere of praise and worship which ushers in the mighty move of God. Jesus said in John 4 and 23, but the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit 
and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. He is seeking such to worship Him. I'm here to tell you that God is seeking, He is looking for those who will set an atmosphere of praise and worship, which means that I believe God avoids an atmosphere of unbelief. I believe God avoids an atmosphere that is minus faith and this filled with doubt and filled with skepticism and filled with depression and negativity. Uh, I I just feel like God says, "I'm I'm not hanging out there. But He does hang out where there is rejoicing. Where there is faith, where there faith, where there is anticipation, where there is celebration. It is something he chooses to do. He's God. And if that's what he likes, that's what he likes. And, and, and he prefers that atmosphere of praise and worship. So I believe this says to us that if we produce an atmosphere of faith and we produce an atmosphere of anticipation and we produce an atmosphere of celebration, God will be drawn to it. You want God in the midst of your crisis? Begin to have a declare the word of God by faith over your situation and believe it. And then faith without works is dead. That you do something like Pastor Radika said, you know, we're going to we're going to go ahead and we're going to give a a, a miracle gift. We're going to give an anticipatory offering, anticipatory time for a breakthrough, for breakthrough and go beyond the normal. Why? Because we we believe we believe and and faith without works is dead. So so we're setting an atmosphere and we're already praising God and we're already worshiping God and we're already thanking God for the next level. We're thanking God for, for the increase. We're thanking God for whatever we, we are asking and believing for. We begin to, with anticipation, with anticipation, begin to celebrate Him for that. You don't wait till you receive. That's not faith. You thank Him. You praise Him before you receive. And the Bible says that God is drawn into that, that atmosphere. Jesus said in John 4 and 23, the hour is coming and now is uh, when the worshipers, true worshipers, are going to worship the Father in spirit and truth. So the Father is seeking such. He is seeking such. So it sounds like to me he's not just going to hang out. He's looking for places. He's looking for, he's seeking, he's looking for places that he can come and show himself strong. And let me tell you what. Your lips can make the difference of God moving in or God saying, you know what, I'm better off over here in Brazil. I'm going over to Brazil and hang out a little while because this folks over here is so spoiled and so negative and so, you know, they're talking down on everything. They can't appreciate what they got. They can't believe me for anything greater. You know what? God is seeking those who truly worship him. He is drawn into an atmosphere of celebration. So when we get together and we sing fast music, it's not just to get peppy. And when we sing our our slow songs, it's not just to gather your thoughts for preaching. We are creating an atmosphere by which God says, I want to get up in the middle of that too. So we're not here trying to create something for us. We are creating an atmosphere for our God. We're preparing. I know if you invited me over, I would hope that you're going to at least clean a pathway from the door to the kitchen table. Okay. And, uh, and when I get there, I'll be able to get to the kitchen table because you're going to invite me for a delicious meal that you've gone out to the store and you have, you have with anticipation, you have purchased 
some things that you're going to make from scratch or you've gone to a store that makes it already and you're going to come and take it out of the box that it came in and put it in your grandma's china so it looks like you made it from scratch. But you're with anticipation and preparation, you've invited pastor over for a meal and, 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 and you're thinking ahead of, uh, I want this to be a good experience. Guess what? I'm excited. I'm driving my family and I'm pulling up in your driveway excited because I'm a loving the, the, that I've been invited, that you're welcoming me into your home. Well, let me tell you what, God is, is created us in His image and, and He wants us to welcome Him in and not just to, uh, you know, Him to, to poke, poke in, look, look through the door and, and nothing's been prepared and nothing's been cleaned up and nothing's been set in order and nothing's been uh, uh, planned ahead of time. He'd be like, well, you know, I really wouldn't invite it here. They don't, they don't think much of me here. And, uh, but let me tell you what, here at Christian Embassy, I want us to come before we get into the house of worship, that when we get up and say, this is the day the Lord has made, and I, I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to be glad in it, I'm going to check my attitude, and I'm going to be a, a man or woman of, of praise, I'm going to thank you, Jesus, for your goodness, thank you, Jesus, for your love, thank you, Jesus, for forgiveness, thank you, Jesus, for your blood, thank you for your name, oh, by your name, I've been healed, by, and through your name, I've been delivered, and through your name, I'm saved. Hallelujah. And by your blood, thank you, Jesus. I've been cleansed and have been sanctified and purified and justified. Thank you, Jesus, that by your spirit, I have your life in me. And now we're preparing. We're preparing. And we got some fast songs because some of us need to get, we need to get some of that energy out. Or we, we're not going to get focused. And then we got some slower songs because we need to really get focused and see him. Oh, we welcome you. We welcome you, God. We welcome. And he's looking for that. He's seeking that, that he might come in and show himself in a mighty way. God responds to an atmosphere of faith and God responds to an atmosphere of praise and worship. But he also responds to an atmosphere of unity. An atmosphere of unity. In Psalms 133, what powerful three verses. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, where? where there's unity, there the Lord has commanded the blessing. And, and, and that is life evermore. That's that abundant life Jesus talks about in John 10 and 10. Let me tell you what. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. The devil's come to kill, steal, and destroy, but I want you to have abundant life. Where has the abundant life been commanded to be manifest? Where there's unity, where there's unity, hallelujah. So a place of unity is where people lay down their own agendas and they lay down their own preconceived ideas and we lay down our own preferences, whether cultural or religious in form, and for the sole purpose of exalting the Lord Jesus as Christ and uh, over our lives. Where we lift up, it's about Jesus. It's about advancing His kingdom. It's about advancing the glory of God. For me to receive promotion is only about the promotion coming to advance the kingdom of God. For you receiving a miracle breakthrough is only about you being strengthened and given years more to live on this earth to advance the kingdom. It's all about advancing the kingdom of God. We're united as one in focus and in purpose to advance the kingdom of God. 
And he said this, Jesus says this, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Man, there's going to be a worldwide revival when we get united together and begin to lift up Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords in our lives. So I'm talking about all of this because I want us to understand that every territory and every city and every region has destiny from God. Nothing that we have created on this earth is just here by accident. Every region, every tra- uh, 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 territory has a strategic plan of God. And what we want to do is do our part in ushering in the manifestation of the plan of God in our territory. There is coming, and I'm praying that we are a part of it. I know I've read in church history where this has been something that's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And I want to say it's coming because it's been prophesied. But I want to also say that I'm praying that we are, we are that generation. A generation that's going to transform cities and nations by the power of God. A generation that, I know it's easy to say one day, one day, but I say today. How about today? Why don't we rise up? Why don't we be who we were created to be when we understand that God responds to an atmosphere of faith? He responds to an atmosphere of praise and worship. He responds to an atmosphere of unity. And we usher in the power of God, the Spirit of God, to bring breakthrough in the territories that God has given us dominion over. Because I can, I can say you can count on it. God has already prophesied. It is the prophetic word from God out of Isaiah 11 and 9 and Habakkuk 2 and 14. He says the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. That's been prophesied. So we don't have to wait and say, well, what is God's plan? What did God really want us to do? He says, I want my glory. I want my glory to cover this earth like the waters cover the sea. Go look at Virginia Beach. You go look out, you don't see a mountain sticking up. You don't see any land there. It's all water. Everything is covered by water. He said, that's how I want my glory. I prophesied. He's had the prophets prophesy that the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth, not heaven, but the earth as the waters cover the sea. He's going to pour out His Spirit in the last days. He said, upon all flesh. So the Holy Spirit is for all flesh, even though that are in denominations that says I don't want the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been poured out for them and they need a breakthrough. There's a territorial bondage there that you and I can bring and usher in the glory of God in and through their lives to where they say I used to be in that denomination that said I had to deny the things of God. I used to believe that but now I see the hand of God moves in a mighty way. Hallelujah. He is raising up this generation to take the gospel of the kingdom of, to all the nations of the earth that he might have a witness unto himself in all the nations of the earth. Every, every week and every month as I'm talking and praying with and giving uh, uh, writings and teachings and all to the many pastors that call us their covering and, and all of these nations, there's more. They said there's another pastor that's uh, over in this nation or over in this uh, community or over in this city, uh, can they come? I said, yes, bring them in. Introduce me, introduce me because we are about the commission of taking the gospel to all the nations of the world. 
I'm here to tell you it's prophetically declared there's going to be there's going to be a day where the sound of praise listen the sound of praise where there's not one minute not one second there's going to be a sound of praise under Jesus Christ King of Kings and Lord of Lords under our Heavenly Father 24 hours a day around the globe praise is going to be going up 24 hours a day around the globe the gospel is going to be being preached hallelujah and I I believe we're so close to the fulfillment of that right now than ever in the history of the world because we are a part of this generation that's been prophesied that is coming that's going to see 24 hours a day that the praise unto God will be on this earth and that there will be a voice unto God on this earth and we are a part of that generation no more kicking the bottle or kicking the can down the aisle or down the road it is our time this is what God has called us to do and we are that generation and I say to you it's time that we rise up and say you know what the territory that God has given me I'm not going to sit back anymore that in our territory we're not going to be relaxed anymore and let the enemy dominate but we're going to celebrate the Lord Jesus Jesus Christ, we're going we're gonna to build up our faith, we're going to use our faith, we're going to work our faith, and we're going to come out with praise and worship that comes out of that which was limited by our flesh. My flesh don't like it, I'm not going to praise. My ears don't like it, I'm not going to praise. My, my, my circumstances don't like it, I'm not going to praise. We're going to come up out of that and say, wait a minute, you know what, my flesh will get me in trouble, but if I'm led by the Spirit, I'm going to walk into the inheritance of God's kingdom and I'm going to usher in kingdom of heaven on earth so what I got to learn to do is I got to keep this flesh in order and walk by the spirit and that means I got to walk by faith if everything is falling apart if everything is torn to threads I'm not going to look at it and determine it by the DNA of what I see I'm going to look at it through the lens of the word of God and I'm going to speak to that valley of dry bones and I'm going to declare the word of God until the wind begins begins to blow uh, until there's a, sh- a, ra- sh- a, a rattling and a shaking uh, and a coming together. I'm not going by what I see. I'm going by what God's Word says. And I'm going to have an attitude of praise and worship. Enough with this being negative. Enough with this always fault-finding. Enough with this always talking down. Uh, no, my God is worthy to be praised no matter what the circumstances. Even in a prison cell in the midnight hour, having been wrongly done, uh, having my body in pain, having my freedom been taken, I'm going to make it loud enough that everybody that's bound around me can hear because they need territorial breakthrough just like I need breakthrough and I'm going to praise and worship in the midnight hour until the prison bars open up, until the chains fall off. I'm going to usher in the move and the ministry of heaven on earth because that's what God wants me to do. Hallelujah. So I say all of this so that you will realize that in every territory, we have a responsibility. And in that responsibility, we must also be made wise unto that Satan has a, has a strategy. He is strate- strategically moved to cause what I call misalignment. Rather than alignment to the prophetic word of God, he tries to get us misaligned. He has moved in early 
to bind and, and to hold an influence on a territory, causing these territories to have certain personalities and traits. You can see this over principa- uh, these principalities that work over uh, municipalities. You see these working not all over regions of cities, and you can go into certain areas, and you're like, oh, I feel... There's, a, there's something here. Well, before we get all high and mighty and say that's just in certain regions and certain areas, you know, there may be in your life an area where the enemy moved in early. Maybe it was generational curse that he got kicked down the road and it's hit you as well. And this is just what you're born with. Your DNA has dictated to you that you're weaker in this area than other areas. And you have this... Uh, a tendency that you're going to have to uh, be uh, somewhat disadvantaged in one area over another. And as you age, it'll only get worse. And as long as the enemy can cause us to keep believing that, the enemy will continue to keep us misaligned from the Word of God, the prophetic Word of God, and the enemy will dominate. See, the enemy tries to get into a region. He tries to get into a city He tries to get into a family bloodline to produce what I call a closed climate or a cold climate. That's his goal. He wants either a closed climate or a cold climate. Now, a closed climate is one that does not receive the Word of God. We pastor preaches on breaking generational curses and stop talking like, you know, my diabetes or my heart disease or it's not yours. That was, it was a generational thing maybe passed on to you and, and everyone kept claiming it. But somebody's got to put their foot down and say, wait a minute, I got a new bloodline. And when I look through my new bloodline, if I've been grafted in and I'm now a son or a daughter of the Most High God and the blood of Jesus flows through me, then, then that which was broken has been made whole. And there's no sickness and there's no sorrow and there's no brokenness, there's no weakness there. So I've got to either have faith to claim what is now rightfully mine as a joint heir of Jesus Christ, I'm I'm an heir, it's mine, or I'm going to keep holding on to this misalignment. So instead of prophetically declaring who I am, whose I am, and what I have, I am pathetically declaring what the enemy has brought into my life through this territorial bondage, you might would say. Now, that's a closed climate. Now, a cold climate is one that hinders the Word of God from producing the fruit that it's intended to produce. That's saying this cold climate is, well, God just don't do that anymore. God doesn't work miracles anymore. Oh, we love the Bible. Really? You're having to tear a lot of pages out of it when you say He doesn't work miracles anymore. When you say He doesn't heal anymore, you've got to tear a lot of pages out. How dare you? Not, Not one dot, not one tittle. You don't have the right to not take one dot or one tittle out and you're going to take out where he says that he's going to fill us with his Holy Spirit. All flesh, sons and daughters are going to prophesy that we're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in new tongues, that we're going to have gifts of the Spirit that have been given to us. You can't take one dot or one tittle out. Here you want to take chapters out. You want to take verses out. We, We don't have that right. That's a cold climate. A cold climate says, I'll take what it's comfortable for me that I like that doesn't make my flesh uncomfortable and uh, anything else I'm cold to. Let me tell you what, this is that misalignment that the enemy is trying to usher in so that we can have uh, this great power available to us, but we deny it. 
The number one reason the enemy comes into a region or he comes into a city is to produce an atmosphere of unbelief. So you will find what God responds to which ushers in the miracles of God and the will of God is the very strategic things that Satan is countering. So God responds to an atmosphere of faith. The enemy wants unbelief. He wants you to doubt. He wants you to say, that's not for today. Okay? It means, and Satan's okay with this. He's okay if you go through the motions of church as long as you don't believe. He's okay with that. He said you can go to church on Sunday, you can go to church on Wednesday, you can even go to revival services as long as your faith is not alive. Go through the motions. Folks, please hear me. Some of the deadest regions on the earth are places where people are still going to church. But they go to church and their faith is not alive. So the enemy is trying to attack your faith. He is trying to get you into doubt and unbelief. Everything that he will speak to you, and you've got many voices in your head, and you're not crazy. Now, there's some people with a little extra voices, and maybe they are, but nonetheless, uh, that's your family, not mine. Okay, no. uh, There's your voice. There's God's voice. There's the enemy's voice. And then there's people's voice. And these are things you have to contend with. And the enemy wants to get his voice loud enough so that he gets you out of faith and saying it just doesn't work that way. God is not, doesn't care about you. You're, you're going to have to live with that brokenness or that weakness. You're never going to get beyond this lid of, of, of financial living. You're never going to get freed up from that bondage. It's always going to be a part of your life. You've got to always declare it, you know, that, you know, once, a, once a, one in bondage, always one in bondage. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Once a drug addict, always a drug addict. Once a gambler addict, gambling addict, you know, always a gambler addict. Okay? So the enemy wants you to declare that you can't be free. Declare that you can't be healed. And if, before he can get it out of your tongue, he's got to get it in your heart for you to have unbelief. And he's working towards that. Now another region or area that the enemy comes in trying to hold territorial bondage is to produce an atmosphere of bondage and restraint. Because God responds to an atmosphere of praise and worship, the enemy wants you to live a life of bondage and restraint. So the enemy moves in to to either uh, establish a closed or a cold climate where there's this atmosphere of bondage and restraint. This means the devil is free and the church is bound. Now, it's the opposite of how God wants it. God said, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy and he by no means shall harm you. Now, now, now I know those words sound really good, but do we really believe that? If you really believe that, you're going to start walking on some of the things that's been walking on you all of your life. You're going to put an end to it. You're going to stop it. You're going to start declaration. This ends right here. And if you don't, the enemy, is he's the one that's free to do what he wants, and the church is the one that is bound. So you go to the Christians in a region like this where everyone is bound up, And you can go with those same folks to the ball game. Everybody's free. 
You can go to the club. I don't encourage you to do that. There's some environments you just don't need to be in. But, you know, if you go there you, accidentally, you're going to find out if you bump into any folks that you see at church, they're going to be free. You go to political rally and they're free. You can go to a business convention where they're promoting their diamonds and promoting, you know, you're going to become a, a gazillionaire. Everybody's free. Everybody's free. But as soon as you get those same folks to walk through the church doors, they become bound. Same folks. Same people. You bypass them on the street. They're playing their, you know, they got ear pods in or, you know, and they're listening in their car. Their heads are moving and they're bumping and bopping and singing to strangers. And oh, they just, woo, 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 you know, at the red light. You pull up next to them. Their bass is thumping. Boom, 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 boom. And their, your car starts vibrating. They just don't care. They look at you and they sing to you and they are happy and they are free. Those same folks can come into the church and act like they don't have any rhythm at all. I've seen it happen. Now all of a sudden they're self-conscious. Now all of a sudden they can't move their hands. Oh, they were dabbing and everything else you could do. But now they act like, oh my goodness. And they're like, what in the world am I doing here? And all of a sudden, instead of singing through the window at the person at the red line, they act like they're afraid of their neighbors. And we tell you to go and hug a neighbor and shake somebody's hand, bless somebody, and you run out the door. You're like, oh my goodness, got to get out of here, got to get out of here. Moments ago, you're singing to strangers. Now you can't sing to your brother or sister. I'm telling you, it's a work of the enemy. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. We laugh at it because we laugh at things that are true, right? But it's a spirit. And this here, let me tell you what, they cause territories to be bound. Because when people come through the doors of the church, the powers of the air begin to exercise their influence because they know if you get free, God's going to respond to that territory. They're like, if those folks get free, you want to see a revival at Christian Embassy that, that will go down in the history books? You let, just you, the number of you, don't take a hundred, don't take five hundred, don't take five thousand, just us. Get free. Get free and come again, usher in the movement of God, usher in the anointing of God, usher in the blessing and the power of God to break off every stronghold and break everybody free and set everybody and raise us up into the newness of life. Let me tell you what, where the devils go squeaking and running and fleeing out of every, every direction they can because they know that their day of control is over. It'll shake the territory. I'm telling you this today, because it is possible to pull heaven into a dimension to manifest the glory of heaven in that territory on earth. And if the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, somebody's going to get this. There's going to be enough preachers and there's going to be enough prophetic word and there's going to be enough folks singing about it, and enough folks witnessing about it, enough folks talking to each other and texting one another. You got to get, you got to get this word. You got to get this word until we get it. And when we get it and we, and we bring in, we pull in heaven into the dimension of earth where it becomes heaven's will and heaven's design is manifest on earth. Let me tell you what, you're going to see that territory break free and become a reflection of heaven for mankind to see the glory of God. Hallelujah. So how do, how do we do that? How do we do that? Good question. I'm glad you asked me. You got to stop talking about just what the earth is talking about. The earth is talking about a lot of stuff. 
The earth is talking about a lot of stuff to get you to talk negative, to get you to get into doubt and unbelief, to believe things are going to get worse and things that there's this horrible this coming and horrible that coming, trying to get you into fear. He's trying to do this about your health, do this about your wealth. All, I'm telling you, you got to stop talking about what the earth is talking about and you got to start talking about what heaven is talking about. And, and i got one hand clap, but let me tell you what, that right there will turn everything around in your life. Because when heaven and earth come into agreement, there is no distance. The reason we don't see heaven on earth is we're not coming in agreement with heaven. Oh, we pray the prayer. Jesus taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we say it so. We've got the, we've got the, the, the form of it. We've got the form of it. Well, where is the power? Where is the power? When heaven and earth come in agreement, there is no distance. And there is no depression in heaven. There is no fear in heaven. There is no lack in heaven. I'm telling you, there's no bondage in heaven. I'm telling you, there, there's no singing about heaven in heaven. You think about that. There's no singing about heaven in heaven. Heaven is singing about the earth. What was it that Isaiah said when he saw the angels singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. So heaven, the angels in heaven, as Isaiah saw it, they're singing about the earth. But we're here on earth singing about heaven. Oh, let me get over there one day. Getting my mansion over there. God said, well, I may have a mansion for you here. I may not. You said, well, I don't need a mansion. God, I don't need a mansion. You know, it's not about, it's not about your square footage. Do you see what I'm saying? It's about God's blessing manifesting in and through your life and reaching the ones around you in such a, a, a magnified way that it brings about Him glory, brings glory to Him. Hallelujah. And I believe one of the reasons we're failing to pull heaven into the earth is the enemy has tricked the church into always singing about heaven. We all want to go to heaven, you know. But thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're singing about, oh, getting over there and some glad morning and, and my mansion on the other side and one day I'm going to walk the streets and go, praise God, all that's true. But when your mindset is over there, you're not in agreement with heaven. Heaven is singing about getting the glory of God covering the earth. The fullness of God's presence manifests on the earth. Hallelujah. Because Jesus said, I give you the Holy Ghost for the earth. You don't need the, the, the gifts of the Spirit and all that in heaven. You don't need healing flowing through you in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. The sickness is here on this earth. Come on. And here's heaven singing about the holiness and the glory of God being manifest on the earth. And heaven singing about, you know, uh, the earth is, is the, earth, the footstool of the Lord. So we got to come in agreement with heaven. And when we do that, we bring, we bring faith and unity and celebration uh, uh, into wherever we're at. And you've got to refuse to be bound, refuse to be cold, distant from God, refuse to be closed or blocking the move of God because of your personal preferences or whatever. You've got to say, I'm going to celebrate the goodness of God. And, 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 and then we make this sound, and, and we make this sound of celebration that produces an atmosphere right where we're at that ushers in the Spirit of God that comes and moves and brings breakthrough 
territorial breakthrough in our lives. Hallelujah. So the enemy's working full time to try and exercise his authority over these territories because he knows that the glory of the Lord's going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. He knows he's going to lose. He knows he, so he's got to do as much damage as he can do while he's got it. So there's demonic influence that he keeps people bound and demonic influence that keeps people all held up and self-conscious in their own spirit. You know, they can go and, and, and for a worldly song, they can act a fool, but for, for something that gives God glory and honor, they got to act all reserved and, 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 and special, I reckon, okay? And after a while, if the enemy can succeed and keep it there long enough, people go to church, but they don't have any faith. People go to church and they're all stiff, all dead. They can't say nothing. They can't sing nothing. Church, you, if, you, if this spirit has tried to get on you, you've got to recognize it. You've got to rebuke it. You don't know whether you're at a church service or a funeral service. And some funeral services have more celebration of life than they do at a church service. We celebrate more about the memory of the one that is deceased before us than we do about the one who went in the tomb and on the third day got up. Hallelujah. And has now filled us with his spirit. And if you're not careful and let the enemy control, the atmosphere becomes cold and closed to the spirit of God and everything drifts into formalism and ritualism uh, where we just go through the motions. And the Apostle Paul said it this way, we have this form of godliness, this appearance of godliness, but we deny the power. The enemy loves that. The enemy loves that because now the only hope the world has is in the church, and now the church is demonstrating to the world that we can, we can fake it, but we ain't got no power. And the enemy says, ha ha, got him, got him. I can hold this territory forever. See, God is not nearly as religious as you think he is. He's not nearly as formal as you've got him pegged to be. God wants things to be open. God wants things to be free. But ritualism and formalism, they produce this ceiling, this heavy ceiling of limitation, uh, and it, it causes us to live in a territory of a box. We're, the territorial uh, uh, demand is that you can't go but that far. You can't sing but that loud. You can't worship but that long. You can't give but that much. You can't, you can't, you can't do it. It's all boxed in. And it's in that environment where the enemy establishes strongholds. Now, strongholds comes from this uh, word uh, that you study in the original language, walled cities. He walls you in. So the enemy touches the mind of the people to keep us cold and to keep us in bondage and to keep us without faith and to keep us divided and all walled up and limited. And now we're a bunch of miserable folks. And let me tell you what, misery loves company. So now we're gossiping and we're complaining and we're fault finding and, and everything that's against God's word that's not the demonstration of true love as we read in 1 Corinthians 13, we're always supposed to think the best. We're thinking the worst. This here is why I'm able to go and preach this same message the same way about the same God and the same Holy Ghost and the same anointing and I can preach it in different places and get different results depending on what spirits are in control. Come on now. 
And here at Christian Embassy, God has given me the mantle of, of, of shepherd, and, and, and I'm, God's calling us into a prophetic breakthrough and a prophetic uh, promotion, you might would say, and He's calling us to, to own up to our responsibility, own up to our place in the kingdom, own up to our time in this generation, and, and not just sit back, wait, wait, wait on God. Because I'm here to remind you, God's already done it. He's already sent Jesus. He gave us authority over all the power of the enemy. And let me tell you what. And <clears throat> what we do have to do now is we have to take what we know and we have to push it into this territory. We have to, we have to push it into the territory. Please hear me. When we produce the proper spirit of freedom, when we begin to celebrate uh, as if we were already in heaven, when we begin to be a living church that is alive and fused with the power of God, heaven comes in agreement and begins to move in our midst and we begin to see heaven on earth as God so deemed it. Hallelujah. And then this final one here where we see God responds to an atmosphere of unity, the enemy wants to produce an atmosphere of disagreement. This is how to open up a territory. Philip went down to Samaria. Let's say Philip went down to Hampton Roads and he preached Christ to them. The first thing that opens up a territory is the revelation has to be spoken in that atmosphere. You're experiencing that right now. I'm not saying I'm Philip, I'm Timothy. But I got the same Holy Ghost. I got the same word. See, it wasn't Philip and his charisma that brought the breakthrough in that territory. It was the word, him preaching the anointing, Christ, right? We have that same anointing. We have that same word. So we should get the same results when we hear and receive and respond to the word. Somebody has to stand up under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit as cold as it may be in their territory, as cold as it may be in their region, and as close as it may be. Somebody has to stand up in the midst of them and let me tell you what, and declare that to these powers and these principalities that your day of dominion, your day of domination is over. And I stand up here in this pulpit and I, with the amplification that I have by the Holy Spirit and by this sound system and every recording and every digital means of reaching this world and I proclaim to every principality and every power under the sound of my voice that your day of domination is over and this territory is going to open up for the power of God and for the glory of God. Hallelujah. So I speak to these territory. I speak healing is coming. I speak blessing is coming. Deliverance will come. Promotion will come. Freedom will come. Prosperity will come in the name of Jesus. So you got to stand up and you got to proclaim it. Even when there are no amens, even if there's no one clapping, even if no one's going to stand, it doesn't really matter. Somebody's got to stand up and proclaim it, even if it makes people mad. And I give you this as an example of what you need to do over your body, over your household, over the region that God has given you. You've got to stand up in the midst of the pain, stand up in the midst of the coldness, stand up in the midst of the bondage, and say your day of domination is over. 
over. Principalities and powers, you've got to go. I'm coming in. I'm going to usher in my faith. I'm going to bring in the power of God to change this thing. The name of Jesus is going to do it. And I'm telling you, I'm going to praise my God and I'm going to worship my God and I'm going to glorify Him in the midst of it before I see it. Before I see it. Because I know that an atmosphere of praise and worship is going to usher in the power to back what I'm saying. And I'm going to stay united with what God says. Not what I see. With what God says. Not what you say. I'm going to stay united with what God says. And the unity of heaven on earth is going to bring heaven into this earth. Hallelujah. 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 We've got to stand up and proclaim it. You have to stand up and proclaim it. This is what opens up the atmosphere. This, it's not deep, it's not profound, it just needs to be done. I said it's not deep, it's not profound, it just needs to be done. Revelation is not clever thoughts and it's not cute sayings. Philip went down to Samaria and began to preach Christ. You need to preach Christ into your crisis. You need to bring Christ into your crisis. And I'm telling you, if He's the Christ and He is, that means that anointing will lift every burden and destroy every yoke. So whatever principality has a territorial stronghold on your health, on your wealth, on your family, on your mind, on your life, on whatever region you're in, you can begin to bring Christ into your crisis. And the anointing will begin to lift the burden. And the anointing will break the yoke. It will destroy the stronghold. That which the enemy thought he had a grasp on the whole, he was going to have it for the rest of your life. He had it in your mama. He had it in your grandmama. He had it in your great-grandmama. And he thought you were going to give it to your daughter. But oh no. You're going to bring Christ into the crisis. And the anointing's going to break the yoke. You thought because great-great-granddaddy did it. And great-granddaddy did it. And granddaddy did it. And daddy did it. And I got caught up in it. And now my son's going in it. That's how it's always going to be. No. Somebody's got to stand up in the midst of their crisis and bring in Christ. And say, the anointing of God, I speak over this situation. The anointing of God, I speak, I'm in agreement with what God says. And God said, Him the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm in agreement with what God has done. And God sent His Son to take the curse off of me. They get the blessing on me. Curse, you gotta go. Curse, you gotta go. You're not going to my sons or my daughters. You're not gonna have another day in my body. You're not gonna have another day in my mind. You're not gonna have another day in my house. You're not gonna have another day here. You gotta go. Because He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I stand up as a man or a woman of faith uh, with celebration of praise and worship. I'm not waiting until I'm free to praise Him. I'm doing what Paul and Silas did. I'm going to praise Him uh, in the midst of my bondage uh, because I know it's my praise and my worship that's going to usher Him in uh, to break it off of me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You begin to sing that the Word on the earth that is from heaven. You begin to declare the word on earth as it is in heaven. You begin to preach it. All of you are preachers. That means you preach, you proclaim. You need to proclaim it. The word of heaven is on earth. And all of a sudden, the distance will go out. And heaven will open up over your territory. This is how a territory opens up. This is how you can see 
the manifest of God's goodness that He's already had, already been waiting to do. But you, He's a responder. He's a responder. We're the initiator. Sooner or later, somebody's going to believe this. I'm going to keep preaching it till somebody believes it. Somebody's faith is going to wake up. When Paul went to Macedonia, we read about in Acts, he started uh, with just a handful of believers. It wasn't a multitude. We're two or more. Two or more come in agreement. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, in every territory, in the soil of the spirit realm, there are seeds that have yet come to life. The enemy is like a desert. They saw rain come to desert places, and all of a sudden, they didn't even realize Hundreds of years, there'd been no rain, but the flowers began to bloom. The seeds were there. They had just not come to life. They needed the right environment. Your faith, your praise, your worship, your positive declarations, your, 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 your words of, uh, of agreement with God's Word and, and, and declaring God's Word in heaven on earth is going to bring the right environment for these seeds. I'm telling you, are going to come to life. There's been prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers and apostles that have been sowing seed and prophesying and prophesying and that's all yet to come to pass. It's yet to come to pass. We're going to see the breakthrough. We're going to see the mighty move of God. We're going to see the healing move of God. We're going to see the supernatural realm of God sweep not just our territory but sweep nations. These seeds that have been sown into the soil of the spirit of these territories, let me tell you what, they're coming to life because you and I are going to be a part of, of changing the atmosphere. And we, our faith is going to say, let it rain. Let it rain. Is there anything coming? No, so, so, no, Elijah, no, nothing's coming. Go back again. Come back, nothing's there. Go back again. Go back again because a man of prophetic word will stand on the word, not what you see. And then the seventh time he comes back, yes, there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. Can you only imagine? He said, you better get the king off of this mountain. There's mudslides are coming. There's seed going to get some watering and there's things that are going to come to life. Let us see the turnaround come. Hallelujah. God is calling us into the prophetic that we are the Elijahs, that we are, we are to the ones that Ezekiel, we're the ones that don't let the dry bones just be the dry bones. If this army has not fulfilled their destiny, you're going to come back together. Dry bone to dry bone, ligament, tendon, come back together, put some meat on those bones, put some skin around that meat, uh, get some breath, get some breath back in it, and a mighty army marched up out of that valley. I don't know the circumstances that put them there, but it was premature. There's some of you feel like you've lived your life and it's just it's come to a close. It's, it's just not yet fulfilled everything and that's just the way it's going to be. I'm here to tell you that's not the way it's supposed to be. That is not the way it's supposed to be. You better prophesy to those dead things in your life. You better prophesy to those disjointed things. And, and you need to prophesy the Word of God. And you need to do the atmosphere of faith and set up an atmosphere of praise and worship and set up an atmosphere of unity and usher in, usher in, usher in heaven on earth to see a change in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because God responds and moves in an environment of faith. God responds and He moves in an environment of praise and worship. So simple. God responds and He moves in an environment of unity where we come in agreement with heaven, 
Not what we see on earth, but what we see in heaven. And we pull it to this earth. And all it takes is two or more of us coming in agreement to see it manifest in our lives. Father God, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, we come against the enemy of unbelief. Lord, the spirit of unbelief, I come against it in the name of Jesus. I expose it. Lord, with the power of the light of your word, I expose the dark deeds or the deeds done in darkness of, of unbelief. Doubt. Disappointment. Leads to discouragement. Despondency. I rebuke you, you spirit of unbelief. You spirit of doubt. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We will believe the word of God. We do believe the word of God. We hold on to the word of God. We build upon the word of God. We declare the word of God. We walk in the word of God. It is a lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. And I rebuke you, Satan, and everything that you've ever tried to do to bring bondage and restraint to God's people in worshiping Him. You have tried to deceive them. You have tried to make them feel uh, self-conscious. You have tried with your evil spirits to make them feel like if they, they can't sing, they can't be happy, they can't smile, they can't... Devil, you are a liar. And I release over this house tonight a, a, a decree in the name of Jesus. And as I decree that by Jesus' stripes, by His stripes you're healed, and by His name you're delivered, and by His blood you are free, and because He hung on the cross, you are free indeed. You're double free. You're double free. You're free to worship Him. You're free to praise Him. You're free to give glory to Him. You're free to speak positive about Him. You're free to talk words of faith and speak words of blessing and words of life. You're free to do that. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now that every tongue would be freed to give glory and honor and praise unto You, O God. That 24-7 around the clock that we could have praise and thanksgiving going forth for You, Lord God, to bring forth honor to You. And right now, God, I stand in the name of Jesus and I come against every deceiving spirit that tries to get us into disagreement with heaven, disagreement with your plan, Lord God, for this earth. That we would, that these spirits help us uh, find a feather, you know, you know, same folks that think alike coming together and, and you're all negative and don't believe it'll ever happen and now I'm hanging with you and I don't believe it's going to happen. I come against those spirits that are orchestrating those relationships and I cut them off. I break their tie over this household that everyone here will know that we are in unity with God. We're in unity with the heaven's assignment on earth. We're in unity with the plan that God has for our lives for us to be blessed and highly favored. Blessed coming in and blessed going out. Blessed in the city and blessed in the field that we come in agreement that by his stripes we are healed that we come in agreement with God that we are not the, the tail but we are the head and we're blessed and we're, we're above only and not beneath that we're not backing down that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and that he who was rich became poor that he could take that spirit of poverty off of us and make us rich in him hallelujah we come in agreement with the word of God we come in agreement with heaven we come in agreement with our brothers and sisters and if two or more of us touch anything on earth it will be done for us from him in heaven hallelujah we come together and we bind on earth 
We bind these forces of darkness. We bind the works of the enemy. We bind the lies of the enemy. And we bind them in the name of Jesus. And we loose. We loose the plan of God. We loose the favor of God. We loose the blessings of God. We loose the healing virtue of God. We loose the promotion of God. We loose it on your people here today, Lord God. Hallelujah. For Lord, we know you love and respond to an atmosphere of faith an atmosphere of praise and worship, and an atmosphere of unity. And Lord God, now that we have heard your word, I pray that each and every one of us would settle it in our hearts and establish it rooted in our lives, that it might bear forth fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold, to bring forth the, the multiplication of the expansion of your kingdom here on earth, Lord. Use us. Use me, we pray. As we come into prophetic alignment and we understand our role in territorial breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.